Hallelujah. Let's reach for our Bibles. We're going to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to be uh, reading in the New King James Version. I'm going to pick up at verse 12. All right. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. And it reads, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Can I read that again? I'm going to read all that again. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you would just bear with me a little bit today, I want to minister from the topic, I'm changed, but I'm changing. I'm changed, but I'm changing. Glory to God. Amen. We're, this is the last day of our corporate fasting, amen. And, and first, let me say, are you real honest today, amen. First, let me say thank you. Thank you for your willingness to go on this journey with the Lord, amen. Some days may have been a little tough. Old habits are hard to break, amen. amen. But you made it. Here you are, top of the mountain, amen, on the other side of through. Glory to God, amen. But you've proved that you can discipline your body and bring it under subjection. You proved that you can get up in the morning and seek God every day. Amen. You might even started a Bible reading plan during this time. Amen. Uh, researchers and people say it takes 21 days to establish a new habit. Amen. We got some new habits. Amen. And I believe according to Philippians 1 verse, uh, 1 verse 6, it says that he who begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Christ. So the question is, what are we going to do with where we are? Amen. We can look at this as a win and at the end of a journey. Or we can see it as the beginning of a new lifestyle in God. You, we, we have to decide. Amen. Now, on, sep or excuse me, on December 2nd, 2019, the Holy Spirit told me that in 2020, he said we were going even further by faith. Amen. Now, it just so happens that same day, the 2nd of December, he told me you can't go further if you can't go further. Yeah. And so he started to talk to me about being healthy and how it relates to our spiritual condition. And he outlined a very comprehensive plan for me to begin. He talked to me about food and about weight and about exercise and medication. He talked to me about being to work on time. I mean, he talked to me about all kinds of stuff. Amen. But he said I had to get some things in order. Amen. If I was to carry out all that he has for me to do, then we have to get some things in order, amen? And so about a week or so after that, I think it was around a week or so after that, I was meeting my brother Chris, 
And Chris and I have been meeting almost weekly for several years now. Amen. This is my friend. He was, he was, matter of fact, Chris was the first one to come to the Bible study when we had it at the house. Amen. I actually kind of freaked him out. I got to tell the story. So we were, we were talking, we were doing a, 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 a study on Genesis chapter 15, talking about when, when God spoke to uh, Abraham and he told him to take the animals and, and cut them in half and he had them on both sides. So I had it lined up. I had a demonstration I was going to do. I had a candle on and stuffed animals on either side. He walked in. He was like, he was about to turn around and leave. He said, he said, man, next time, set that up after we get in here. <laughs> amen. But that's my friend, amen. And so after God started dealing with me, I met with Chris, and Chris started sharing what was going on with him. So I'm going to ask Chris to come up today and just share a little bit of his, his story and his testimony, uh, how God kind of lined all this stuff up. Amen. All right, he gave me just a few minutes. So I'm going to try and be quick and go with the timer. Uh, that way I know where I'm at. Um, so we met, and I told him about my rec- recent doctor's visit, which means I, get to, I go to the VA, so I get free health care, so I get to go to my medical exam once a year. Uh, so last November, doctor said, uh, hey, your sugar's up just a little bit, no big deal, just diet and exercise, whatever. So like, okay, got it. You know, things you already know. I should eat healthy. I should eat less this, work out more. So... December of last year, I go to my doctor's appointment, and he sits down and he goes, all right, let's talk about your sugar. So I don't know anything about sugar. Uh, but he said the word critical. Okay, I got it. He said your A1C, which is your, your, your measurement of sugar for a three-month uh, window, was 12.6. That still doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, but he starts mentioning drugs, and we'll check you out in three months, and then we'll see if you need insulin. So I leave, I leave, and I need understanding. That's how, that's how I work. Uh, that's why when he said before, the year before, that your sugar's up a little bit, that didn't mean anything to me. But once I started reading and understanding and looking at the chart and see 12.6 on the A1C, some of the charts label that slow suicide or suicide dangerous. Like, oh, okay. That doesn't bring any fear in me. Uh, I just need to understand what to do. So I took a drug called metformin uh, until I went to the nutrition class the next day or the next week, went to the class, uh, found out that that drug only changes 1% or 2% of, uh, of your, uh, your sugar. It's just going to make a small change. And I'm like, well, I don't want the side effects for a small change. What can I do? So it's the world of information. So YouTube, find out doctors, start Googling, and start understanding that, oh, this is something I've done to myself. So I lost tw- about 20 pounds in between September and December, uh, which is a good blessing, uh, except when, you don't, when you're not doing anything different. I found out, well, that's because there wasn't enough insulin. You weren't, your body was starved for energy, and it couldn't get it, so it just started burning fat. So it was unhealthy. I, uh, I lost 20 pounds unhealthily because of unhealth. Uh, since then, I've lost another 10 pounds through health. Uh, but it was... It was, this is where, the, the Bible says to live with your wife in an understanding way. Okay, so I've got a relationship with food. So in order to have a relationship with food, I need to live with it in an understanding way. I need to understand food. And that means I also need to understand my body. So you've, you've found out and discover all kinds of things. I mean, I've seen, I think I got a PhD. I'm a, I've watched everything from sugars to people with autoimmune diseases to everything you could think of to understand how my body works. And 
in the end, I found out, well, no, it's just everybody's the same. Your body's going to wear out, and it depends on what you feed it. This is going to depend on what you give it. It's you are what you eat, that whole thing. But once again, as you grow up, I grew up in America. You know, when I was 40 years old, my wife asked me what I was going to do for a birthday party, and I said I wanted a meat party because I just wanted people to come and just come and eat meat. That's what I mean. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, so when you you think about fruit and what God has given us, and you understand that fruit has got uh, it's got some fiber and it's got some nutrition, but it's got the the sweetness is called fruit. It's come from fructose, but you understand that fructose is 100% processed by your liver. It is of no nutritional value. And it was just striking to me that, man, God has just given us that sweetness just to enjoy. You know, so there's nutrition in fruit, but the, fruit, the sweetness is just for enjoyment. It's not for your body to do anything with. So when you give your body too much of that, you're, giving, you're getting outside of what God has intended it for. It's like everything else, all things in moderation, things you know, but you just go, okay. And you start understanding more and more and more of, of how life works. And when it comes to fasting, I've always done spiritual fast. And I remember the one time I wanted to fast, but I kind of want to lose weight. And uh, an older brother of mine, I asked him, he's like, man, you just need to, that's part of it. You just need to go ahead and do it. That's a benefit. And it freed me to actually fast and understand it's okay that I'm going to lose weight. Because secretly I want to lose weight, but I wanted to do some spiritual things too. But I started to look at fasting from just the physical aspect of we are, as a believer, we tend to think of ourselves more spiritual beings than physical. And I think those in the world, they think of themselves as more physical beings than spiritual. So to think of yourself as a physical being and to think fast for health reasons took some understanding of, oh, wait, this is how God has designed things. There's always some cycle of break. He makes the ground rest. He, Israel, they get kicked out of Israel because they didn't let the ground rest. So when Jesus says, when you fast, it's not just that. It's understanding your body physically changes when you fast. Certain things happen. It detoxifies. It boosts your autoimmune system. I mean, your immune system. It does all kinds of things beneficially outside of the spiritual part to understand, hey, there's some physical benefits. And so I've learned to fast spiritually. And believe me, fasting spiritually is much more difficult. Fasting physically, you know, I know I can eat any time. You know, there's not that... That sense of failure or anything. Ah, just, I, but understanding how your body works. So my body needs food. But I need to worship the Lord our God just like the confession with my mind, my soul, my spirit, and my body. Well, my mind needs to understand how to worship God as I eat and not just, just to enjoy, but for sustenance of what I put in my body. And not in the sense of like the temple and I just, it only feeds these things. It's like, no, I, I've got work to do. And I'm more efficient when I work a certain way. So my healthy BMI is not so I can look good. It's because I'm healthier. But even beyond that, you know, after I get my health, my body within a certain BMI, I need to work on its composition. It's muscle versus this. So the more muscle I have, the better my body works. Uh, just understanding how the body works. Now, you can do things. I can have some fear, but I'm not, I'm, I've never been a fear person. But Paul said, I beat my body. I need to exercise the beating of my body to do what I tell it to do. And the fasting is understanding, like, no, how your liver processes things. Ultimately, I had diabetes type 2, which means I gave it to myself. But it actually probably means I have a fatty liver, which means my, full, my liver, and when it gets too full, uh, it turns food into sugar, it says, okay, well, then this is too much. I'll turn it into fat, and you get a fatty liver. 
Well, the only way to get rid of that fatty liver is to not put any more sugar in there, any more food that contains sugar or turns into sugar. So if I fast, and after a certain amount of time, my liver, my blood runs out of all the sugar in it, and it goes, okay, I need some, I need some energy. And the liver goes, oh, I've got some stored here. It stores energy for me. And it starts pulling that out. And after that's gone, it goes, okay, I need to get some more. So it takes that fat that was turned and turns it into sugar so it can be used for energy. So you, it, just how your liver works, it's not fat. It's not that you put fat in your body and your liver turns fatty. It's that you put food that turns into sugar and your, your liver turns that sugar into fat. It's just kind of a weird thing. You don't think about that. But one of the things, understanding things. Just understanding, like, if you raise your insulin level, it, as insulin is a hormone, it blocks another hormone called leptin, which tells you you're full. So you have too much insulin because you're eating all this sugar to raise your insulin level, and then your brain, it blocks your ability to tell you're full. So you eat more. So if you're diabetic and they give you insulin, it actually works against you. So I've got another friend of mine. We ran on this journey, and he's diabetic, and uh, we talked about it. And he was, he's got a little monitor that monitors his, his blood sugar uh, 24-7. And, uh, you know, I kind of, hey, man, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm new to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this thing running. I found out that I can change my stuff through diet. I just cut out these carbs. I got three months before my next doctor's meeting. I'm going to see what happens if I really put into it. Uh, and his blood sugar you know, stays around the 300, 378, really not healthy. It took me a month to change mine, my blood sugar fasting from the 300s to 278 to 274 to 120 to within one day short of a month into the low range, which is normal, 80 to 100, which is, means I was healthy in terms of what my blood sugar is supposed to be. It, he changed his diet and just raw, saw some of the videos and understanding, oh, man, he was taking insulin every day. Like, insulin actually causes you to get more fatter, which works against my diabetes. So he started changing how he ate, and he got his stuff within the, the normal range all the time just by eating. Just, and it's the understanding of going, the health is not to, I got, I'm a spiritual being, but I'm a physical being, and I can... Ask God to do certain things, but I can also, he's given me tools to do things myself. And it's just understanding, no, most of the processed food turns into sugar. I need to eat less of that. And the more I do that, the more I eat the healthy stuff. You know, you learn what cruciferous vegetables are after you <laughs> get a diagnosis. Oh, I need to eat more of that and less of this for an extended period of time. And I need to fast for my physical health for periodically to give my pancreas a rest it needs rest so it's not producing insulin so it takes the sugar out of my blood and just through time and energy that diagnosis is reversible so as pastor matt it's i want you to understand it's your mind it is your mind one minute your mind has got to come subjection to the word of god when Daniel chose not to eat the delicacies and eat the vegetables and understand it was healthy for him and good. So it's not meat is evil, bread is evil, carbs are evil. It is understanding of where they're supposed to be in my life as a believer, as a believer. And it doesn't take anything than, than change and going, Lord, I will make the change. And it can be a process of one year to two years to three years but I can change myself just by, you know, I just went, you know what, I'm going to have carbs for next three months to see what happens. 
And like I said, I've lost another 10 pounds, and I'm going to start, you know, understanding, like, you know what? I eat pasta, and what I should do? I should go out for a walk because that helps my body block those things from turning into sugar. I can eat apple cider vinegar after those things. It's not like I'm going to cheat the system. But those are the things that God's given me. So September to now has been 30 pounds, 20 because of my un bad understanding of my relationship with food the last 10 have been a good understanding of my relationship and where it needs to be it's not wrong to have meat and a hamburger it is wrong to think that that needs to become a regular part of my diet that should be a treat sugar is a treat an apple is a treat the sweetness is a treat which teaches my kids it's an ongoing process of this is how you make disciples is going i'm going to beat my body into subjection so Dr. Fung is the, is the guy's name if you want to Google him. Uh, that really kind of started me on the process to understanding. A lot of things can be reversed through diet. I, I ran into a woman who just has lupus, an autoimmune disease. It's incurable. She cured it through uh, diet, and she continues to cure other people through diet. She's a medical doctor. Uh, but understanding food is given to us to enjoy, enjoy uh, but right now, I need to take some time to get my body in a check to subjection to understanding. No, that time is, is you know, I had my first burger of the decade. You know, it's 2020. <laughs> Last week when I saw a movie, you know, that's the first time I had a burger. And it's really, like I enjoyed it. And I'll enjoy another one down the line. But right now, I've got to keep myself understanding that my health, I'm worshiping God with my body. And not in a vanity way. Of like, no, I got works to do, and it's free to not eat. <laughs> it's free to not eat. Like anything else, it can be taken to extreme levels. But uh, like I said, you can just Google intermittent fasting and understand it's healthy, it's good for your body. And you know what? If you cheat off of a body fast, a physical fast, you don't feel near as bad as a failure. <laughs> Amen. So as he was talking, one of the things that struck me really was that we have to have a, a healthy relationship with food. But really, when it's not just food. It's anything in our lives. We have to be able to have a healthy relationship with our environment. Okay, you have to have a healthy relationship with social media. Amen. We have to have a healthy relationship with it. It, it, it can be used for the glory of God, but uh, it's got a lot of evil people who do a lot of evil stuff on it. That doesn't make it evil. What is your relationship with it? You, you see what I'm saying? And everything has to be done in that type of moderation. That's how we're supposed to live, okay? And so it's one thing to cut out a lot of stuff during a time of fasting, but the question is, what are you going to do with where you are? How are you going to move forward from here, okay? Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'll pull this up in the New King James. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present what? Your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I take my body and I give it to God as an offering. Amen. We've been talking on Wednesday about being stewards, right? We're all stewards. A steward is somebody who's in charge of something that doesn't belong to you. You're a caretaker. Guess what? The body is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. He cares about how you treat it. Amen. And the other side of that is that if he's got works for you to do and you can't do them, 
because you're too sickly or you're laid up or because you're eating yourself to death. We're, we're not glorifying God in that. Okay, now this gets real practical. Can you pull up Romans 12:1 in the Message Bible? It's going to have a lot on the screen, okay, so don't, don't flip out. All right, it's going to be a whole lot on there, all right? Romans 12:1 in the Message. See, I told you. All right, don't worry about trying to read it. I'll read it. Y'all want to pull out your glasses. It's okay. I got mine on, amen. But watch this. It says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. That's how we honor God with our body. That's how we honor God with our life. We take everything we are and we place it before him. Amen. He says, embracing God, what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Now watch this part. This part really got me. He says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Now, most times I'm thinking about, okay, you know, the sin and what the, the world is doing and this and that. But what about our eating habits? What about the way we see things in the world? It's all before God. And he says, don't, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you just go along with what everybody else does because then you have the same effects that everybody else has. You reap the same consequences that everybody else reaps because you're doing what everybody else does. He said, instead, fix your attention on God. Now, I love this. You'll be changed from the inside out. Oh, glory to God. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. One of the things that Chris was talking about was developing a maturity in our lifestyle. You can have a burger. You should have one every day. Why? Because it's not good for you. Amen. And so it's, it's a process of maturing in our thinking understanding that the reason that I'm going to put in some barriers to some things is because I want to honor God with the way that I live. And again, it's not just food, it's every area of our life. Amen. Going further with God and even further by faith requires the mastery of this flesh and all of its desires. There shouldn't be any area in our life that is not surrendered to God. Amen. I don't diet very well. I fast really good. Amen. But I don't diet very well. I, I mean, I'll fast at the drop of a hat. Family issue, uh, financial challenges, you need wisdom, got a prayer concern, I'm missing a meal. Okay? It's just the way I've been. It's the way God has led me. I mean, I've gotten up in the morning sometimes and made coffee and had it ready. This guy was like, not today. I, I need you to pray about this. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and I turned it into a drink offering. Just wanted, okay, God, I just... Because it's more important to me to please him than to gratify my flesh. Amen? So the biggest difference, the reason that we were more successful, how many of you got some, some health results out of the fast that we did? Anybody? The reason that you did that is because you took your eating and you placed it before God. How many of you got really good results on a diet? One person, thank you. Miss Willpower over here on the right side. 
It, it takes a while, though. But the reason that you can do that easier with fasting is because you're taking your diet, you're taking your eating, you're not eating, you're getting up, you're sleeping, and you put it before God as an offering. And then he gives you the grace to do what you vowed to him that you would do. And so there's nothing wrong with reaping the physical benefits of the spiritual seeds you've sown. Amen. In starting this fast for the, with the church, the Lord told me to use the same guidelines that we need to get healthy. The same things that, that Chris started, we had talked about that before. I started before we started the fast. And we had already implemented those changes, whether or not, it, it, I didn't have diabetes, but my friend did. And that was a wake-up call for me. Because the same thing that this doctor told him, my doctor told me. Okay, your A1C is getting up there. You need to do this, do this. Got it. You know, no problem. <laughs> See you in six months. Yeah. And for those of you who don't understand, A1C is your measurement of blood sugar over three-month period, right? So it's not like you can fast and, you know, have a different A1C. It, it looks at three months. Okay, the normal should be below six. His was 12. 12.6. Little point six on it. So that means his average blood sugar was in the 300s, around 370, 350 to 370, somewhere in there. And through changing with the diet, exercise, things like that, a little bit of exercise, mainly diet though, right? He's got a normal blood sugar. Amen. There's some things that, I mean, medicine can't do it that good. I tell you right now, I see it all the time. But God has put a system in place that if we apply those principles, we can run on and do what God has for us to do. Amen. So while our spirit during this fast was being made strong, our bodies was being, were being made over from the inside out. We're being healed. We're being remodeled. Amen. Now, some people are like, well, was it a health fast or was it a spiritual fast? Depends on what you do with your time. <laughs> Amen. I mean, now I was, I was looking for some health benefits out of it, but I was spending my time. I wasn't eating. I was praying. I was spending more time with God. A lot of y'all were spending time with God with me on the prayer line on Saturday morning. Amen. The question is, did you change as an offering to God? That's what counts. Now, remember, your spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body. And so anything you do affects all three. All three. I mean, you can't call it a fast to the Lord without change. Amen? But at the same time, as you're fasting for your spiritual life, it's going to benefit your body also. Let's look, let's look at uh, Isaiah chapter 58. And I'm going to go back to the New King James Version there. This is what we started with when we started the fast, right? We started talking about the type of fast that God wants, right? Uh, Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6, New King James says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness? This is one of the things you get when you fast. You loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. How many of you free in this place today? And to break every yoke. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? So first, verse 6 talked about the spiritual benefits. Now we're getting to the to benefits to my soul. To share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him. It makes you compassionate and not hide yourself from your own flesh. It makes you start talking to your family again. I ain't getting no amens right there. Amen. 
Answer the phone. They call it. Amen. Says then, watch this. Then here's the physical benefit. Then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. Why? Speedily. Why? Because you are fasting. It's one of the benefits he puts in it. Says, and your your righteousness shall go before you. Says the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He will say, "Here I am." Amen. So there's benefits from every aspect of your life from fasting. And so the question is, what do you want to do with where you are? Hopefully, amen, you, you, you've used this fast to destroy some yokes that have been plaguing you. Hopefully you are able to regain control over some things that had gotten out of control or had been controlling you. Amen. The question is, do you want to put those things back in control of you again? Sister Felicia talked all the time about, was it time wasters or time, is that how you said it, time wasters? That's what I always heard, time wasters, right? Trying to whittle those things down and keep them under subjection, right? Do we really want to give that mastery over our lives again? Again, I'm not saying that you got to delete your Facebook account, don't Because I'm, I'm getting some looks today, Brother Collins. I'm telling you, hey, look at me, man. <laughs> it's like, look, uh, you know, I'm not saying you got to do that, but, but still continue to look at your time. Continue to look at how you do things, what you listen to, type of things you're watching. Again, because that's what we're always supposed to be doing as Christians. Amen. The key word is control. What are you giving control in your life? Is God on the throne? Is your spirit in charge? Or is your flesh calling the shots? Is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, is that what's calling the shots? Or is it your spirit? Because the Bible says they that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen. So we want to be led by the spirit. So we have to have a, learn to have a healthy relationship with our environment. Let's pull up uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Okay? This is Paul talking, and he says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Paul was saying, I'm living under grace. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm not bound by the Mosaic law as it relates to its former dietary restrictions. Okay, this is the context of what he's talking about. He was saying, okay, I'm saved now. Don't judge me for these ribs I'm about to get down on. Don't talk about me for the ham hocks. They're going down, amen? He says, but when the ribs and the ham hocks are causing me to have hypertension because of the high sodium content, even though it's not restricted, I'm not going to be bound by the desires of my flesh and eat and kill myself. Amen? There's no scripture that forbids drinking alcohol. Contrary to what you've been, been taught or been told, you won't find one. Amen? But just because I can doesn't mean I should. Just because I can doesn't mean I should drink all day every day. Now, I don't drink at all because of the anointing and call on my life. Amen? God told me it ain't for me. Okay. But just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Especially when it's had control over you. And I know the Bible says that any man, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. And if he freed you from it, why would you go back to it? 
Amen. So if he's done something in your life, why am I give that back control over my life? And there's still some things that are, you know, uh, uh, forbidden outside of the proper context. Look at verse 13, same, same uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods, but God will destroy both it and them. Okay, I'm not going to do something temporary and <laughs> wreck my life. Amen. But look at this. This is now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Sexual relations isn't forbidden. I ain't getting not one single amen in here. He said, you supposed to be talking about it in the church. Where are you supposed to talk about it at? Sexual relations is not forbidden. It's just got to be in the proper context. Amen. Male, female in marriage covenant. Otherwise, it's forbidden. There's freedom of expression, of sexual expression between a husband and a wife. Amen. Safe, sox, safe sex, excuse me, is not two consenting adults using protection. That's not the definition of safe sex. Amen. Safe sex is when a man and his wife enjoy what God has given them in one another. How did I get on this? Amen. Somebody need to hear this today. But it's got to be in context. Amen. And God allows it in context. But even in the context of a marriage relationship, there's still some things I should and shouldn't do. I got to watch how I treat my wife. I can't force myself on her. I can't ask her to do things she's not comfortable with. Amen. Am I talking to some mature folks in here? Amen. There's a way that it has to be handled. Because God created it. He gave us all things richly to enjoy. But he says enjoy it in the proper context. Amen. So what I want you to do today is I want you to leave here with this mindset. I'm changed, but I'm changing. God has done a work in me, but he's still working. I've reached a certain point, but I'm still reaching. God is still doing a work in me. He's not finished with me yet. Amen. God has brought me this far by faith, but he's taken me even further by faith. During this fast, God has made some changes in our families, in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, on our jobs, amen? And I don't want it to stop there. So I'm not going to take my foot off the gas. Amen. We talked last week about attacking the enemy in prayer. I'm not taking my, I'm not going to stop attacking the enemy in prayer just because the fast is over. Because you know what? You know what? Let me give you a secret. He's waiting for it to happen. He's sitting there with his leg crossed. Just waiting. Okay, y'all going to let up in a minute. I'm going to just wait. And then as soon as we stop praying, as soon as we stop meeting with God, as soon as we stop reading our word, as soon as we're not thinking about God during the day, then he just comes right back on in. He's okay, time to go. They're done. And he comes right back in attacking the same stuff, and we're trying to figure out why the fast didn't work. We got it. We're not ignorant to his devices. Amen. Paul wrote the book of Philippians. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and wind this down here. Paul wrote the book of Philippians during his Roman imprisonment uh, between around 60 to 62 A.D. He planted the church at Philippi, which is actually the first church in Europe, around 50 A.D. Okay, and then he went on his third missionary journey. He had a first, a second, and a third. Paul planted around 20 churches. Okay, all over the world, right? And while in Rome, he pins these words we see today in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Let's pull that back up. 
He says, not that I have already attained. Now hold up. Three missionary journeys, over 20 churches, sons and daughters in the gospel all over Asia, and you haven't attained. This is hard. I would have felt a little differently. I would have felt kind of accomplished at that point. Amen? Ain't nobody honest in here with me. That's all right. This is the same Paul who wrote, yes, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That was seven years after he wrote what we read today. So even here he is in a Roman prison, and he's saying, I got work to do. Here he is having traveled the world three different times, establishing churches all over the place. And he says, you know what? I got work to do. I still got work to do. Family, you still have work to do. You, you still have work to do. Amen? He's saying there's still work for me to do. Family, there's still something on God's mind for Katy, Texas that he wants you to be a part of. Amen? There's still a way he wants to use you. And you have to be about your father's business. Amen? We haven't made it yet. We have to keep pressing. If you want to go even further by faith, you have to press. You can say I'm changed, but you got to follow up what I'm changing. We can never feel that we've arrived. If you have breath in your body, God's got to work for you to do. Amen? And what happens sometimes is we begin to get complacent when we get to a pinnacle of something, when we get to the end of something, we feel like we can just rest. But I'm telling you, the enemy is waiting to attack you. Don't let that joker back in. Don't let him back in. Amen? Look at what he says, verse 12. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Family, you're get, just getting started. Amen. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. God grabbed me for something and I don't have it yet. He grabbed me for a reason. He grabbed me to do something in the kingdom. I'm not done yet. So I'm going to keep on pressing. Amen. God took me out of darkness and, to, uh, and brought me into his marvelous light to show forth his praise. I ain't showed it all yet. Yeah. Amen. There's work for me to do. There's a fire burning on the inside of me. I got a mission to accomplish for God. And I can't do it sick. I can't do it in the hospital. I can't do it weak. Yeah. Amen. And, and so we have, to, we have to look at how we live so we can do what God has for us to do. Look, Paul went on. Look at verse 13. He says, brethren, I not, do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I haven't made it yet, and while I'm on my way, I've had some setbacks. I had some struggles. I'd have made some mistakes. But forgetting those things which are behind me, I sinned along the way. But forgetting those things, which are behind me. Amen. I said some things I shouldn't have said, and I, and I didn't say some things I should have said, but forgetting those things, which are behind me. I'm changed, but I'm still changing. God's not done with me yet. Amen. And not only that, I'm reaching forward. I'm forgetting what's behind, and I'm reaching forward. Amen. I realize I can't move forward while I'm turned around looking at what I missed. Amen. I only turn around in my car and look behind me when I'm in reverse. Now, I do check my rearview mirror. Amen? So, but the only reason I check my rearview mirror is so I can make a proper decision about where I'm going. 
I'll look back at some things. I'll look back at some mistakes and I'll get the lesson so I can take it into the future with me. I don't have to take the burden of the shame of what I dealt with. I'm changed, but I'm still changing. God is still working on me. Amen. Look at what he said, verse 14. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. The King James Version calls it the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look at this out of the, uh, can you pull up the New Living Translation? Elder Bruce, Philippians 3.14 in the New Living Translation. He says, I press on, says to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I press on to reach the end of the race. We're changing here so we can hear God say, well done. When it's time for me to hear it. We're changing here, Sister Carla, so I can hear God say, enter into the joy of the Lord when it's my time to do it. I'm not trying to get there early. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure it's far better than what we have here. But I ain't trying to check in early. I'm not going to Heaven's Gate talking about, can I get an early check in? I don't want it. But in order to do that, watch this. God told us he wants us to live out the number of our days, our appointed days. He wants us to live out the number of the days he has appointed for us. That means there's a possibility that you won't. That means it's possible to not live out all of the days that God designed for you. Amen. I'm not trying to check out early. Amen. We just got these kids out the house. I'm, try, I'm trying to enjoy life. Amen. And I want to enjoy it with the health and the benefits that God has given to me. I want to enjoy it. Amen. So we, we've changed. We've made some changes. But family, we're still changing. We're still growing. We're still learning. We're still becoming all that God wants us to be. And so my challenge to you today is that I want you to look at the lifestyle changes that you've made in the fast. And if you're not familiar, if you're just kind of coming in, you know, we've got the documents. We'll send them out to you. Uh, we've got the, on the document, I put a bunch of the YouTube links and things like that to Dr. Fung and all this stuff. You need to get this information. You need to hear this information. You need to apply this information. Amen. God is a masterful designer. Amen. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the way he put this thing together, of course, he knew that the body was already decaying because of sin. So he taught us how to take care of it and get the most out of it. Amen. How many of you got cars and you, you, you get maintenance done in your cars? Why do you get maintenance done in your cars? Because you want it to last. Guess what? If you don't do the maintenance, guess what happens? It wears out. It wears out early. You find yourself having to buy another car. And then you don't even get the resale value that you had on the car because you tore it up. You mad that they ain't offering you what the, what the, well, Blue Book says that it's supposed to be this, but you ain't getting no service on it. Does that make sense? And so you want it to do what it's supposed to do. You want it to do what it's designed to do. I don't care if it's a Honda and Hondas get 200,000 miles. If you don't change the oil... Come on, somebody. And so I know that God created us in his image and his likeness. 
But when Adam fell, he ruined some stuff. And the body is beginning to decay. We got to do the maintenance so we get everything that we're supposed to get out of it. Amen. Family, don't depend on your warranty to take care of everything. Glory to God. That was a Holy Ghost, man. Don't depend on your warranty to just take care of everything when it breaks down. Well, I know the Lord. He heals me. He's the, he's the God that healeth me. All this good stuff. That's your warranty. Don't have to use your warranty because you don't do the maintenance. He said, I'll bless your bread and your water, and I'll put on you none of the diseases of the Egyptians. Why? Because you're obedient to me. And there's some changes, there's some dietary restrictions that he put into the law. And see, so as if you obey me, you won't have to worry about none of this stuff. God, he's so brilliant. So family, look at the changes that we've, we've made and see what you want to use to continue. Amen. I'm going to tell you, this whole intermittent fasting thing, we're eating basically, brother, what we're doing is I'm eating from 12 noon to 8 at night, just because my evening runs late. So I give myself an eight-hour window a day. You can use whatever window you want to. Amen? Eight hours a day gives me a 16-hour fast every day. Gives my body time to break down the food that I ate, go get some food out the refrigerator and my liver, which is the glycogen, breaks that down, starts getting the food that's in the freezer that's the stored fat in my liver, starts breaking that down every day. And I'm not starving. I'm not dying. I act like I'm hungry because it's a habit. Amen. It, and if I ignore it a little while, guess what? It goes away. <laughs> Amen. So let me say in closing, family, I'm proud of you all. I'm really proud of you all for sticking out the fast and for for really, you know, going through with it, amen. I thank you guys for supporting the things that the Lord gives Sister Felicia and I, for honoring us and, and taking good care of us, amen, and honoring us as your pastors. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be your pastor, amen. And I believe that the, God has so much more in store for us, so much more in store for us, amen. God is taking us even further by faith. And 2020 is the year of God's glory, the year of God's presence, the year of his abundance, amen. And it marks the very beginning of a decade of revival. I want you all to be here to enjoy all of it. Amen. I want you to be healthy enough to do what God has for you to do. I want you to be in tune with God. I want you to hear his voice, to know his spirit and how he leads. I want you to grow in the word. I want you to grow in prayer. I want you to receive the crown of righteousness that God has laid up for you. I want you to hear well done when you're supposed to hear well done. Amen? But we've got, we've got to see where are we going to go from here. And again, that's, I'm going to leave that to you. I'm going to leave that to you. Amen? I'm going to establish a cheat day too. Just so you know. I had no cheat day during the fast. It was a fast. Today is my cheat day. Come on, let's stand here.